0: Well, and welcome to the Glossy Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss fashion, luxury, and technology with the people making change happen. I'm your host, Hillary Milneys, and on today's episode, Hill City General Manager Noah Palmer discusses building a DTC brand within Gap Inc., how customer feedback plays a role in product design, and why Hill City handles all of its creative in house. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, Noah.
1: Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having me on.
0: Good, of course. So Hill City is brand new. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is and how you got involved with the project at Gap Inc.?
1: Okay. Uh, so, you know, in its simplest form, Hill City is a six-month-old uh, men's performance lifestyle apparel brand. But I think if we go a click deeper, what it really is, is a uh, is sort of like our collective solution to what we saw as... Um, a lot of pain points within the the men's you know apparel space so what i what i mean by that is if we if we think about the 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 men's shopping experience today there's like these two really far apart uh ends of the spectrum there's like a, a an active like performance-based uh uh into the spectrum that has really great performance uh mm-hmm. works really well and it's comfortable um, but we don't necessarily love the way it looks. It's not super versatile. It's heavily logoed. Um, might be full of really bright colors and kind of crunchy fabrics. Um, and then on the flip side, on the opposite end of the spectrum, there's like a lifestyle kind of streetwear uh, space that looks really good, but it doesn't have any of the like uh, performance and comfort that we've, you know, we've come to enjoy and like from the opposite end of the spectrum. So a lot of what we're trying to do. Uh, with Hill City is pull those two ends of the spectrum closer together so that they overlap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way we're sort of framing that now is uh, we are building product for the extreme. So that's the performance aspect. Uh, we're designing for the everyday. That's the lifestyle aspect. And underlying is everything is sourced sustainably.
0: Awesome. And and you were at Old Navy before Hill City came to be within Gap Inc. Is that right? Or was there? That's right. So, how did you transition that role from from Old Navy to to getting involved with Hill City?
1: Uh, well, I'd like to say it was totally seamless, uh, <laughs> but you know, but that's that's not a reality. So I, uh, you know, I spent. Yes, you know, eight or nine years at Old Navy, uh, predominantly working in a men's division, but also a little bit in the boys' division, uh, with with a focus on merchandising. So, you know, a lot of what I learned during that time transferred, and and some of that some of what I learned there is like very obvious, and some of it I think is less obvious. So, what's obvious is the idea of working with a lot of functions that are. Uh, are paramount to what we're doing here at Hill City. So I think about design and fabric uh, and sourcing and inventory management and buying and uh, merchandising. So a lot of that stuff transfers. Um, What is less obvious is like, you know, I worked at at Old Navy during some like really formative years for me where uh, it was a culture that really celebrated uh, the idea of learning quickly and adapting um and sort of celebrate like intellectual curiosity and those are the like sort of intrinsic characteristics that were sort of encouraged and were for me personally like allowed to bloom while i was there Mm -hmm. uh and i think that's been the more important uh set of things in terms of like translating to hill city you know so the idea of uh uh, finding people you know to, to work uh on hill city that are intellectually curious that have like kind of a uh, un- an uncommon amount of grit, you know, where they're really passionate what, about what we're doing. Um, and they're, they're super determined at the same time uh, because what, what we've kind of found is, you know, we don't need a bunch of experts. We need a few. Uh, but, but what's more valuable to us is finding those people uh, that have, uh, you know, a lot of learning agility that can figure stuff out on the fly, can ask all the right questions and can kind of see patterns in, in, in what we're doing.
0: Right. Yeah. Can you describe a little bit? It sounds like the team was really important in, you know, identifying the right people who could who could make up this brand. Like how did you guys have to work together to essentially launch what what is, you know, a new startup brand under the Gap Inc umbrella, like like using that that team within the Gap system to to bring that vision to life?
1: Yeah, the the team is paramount uh, to to everything we do. So, um, you know, it's a really small team, you know, call it between 15 and 20 people. And, you know, if we if we go back a year, it's it's much smaller than that. Um, You know, it's it's sort of a blend of internals and externals, I think uh you know i just described a lot of what we're looking for that in terms of like these common denominator characteristics people that are really passionate about the the brand we're building and why we're building it Mm -hmm. uh people that are really passionate about the the product that we're wearing that you know you know we we talk a lot about how we hire our customer uh so to speak um and then like our are willing to figure stuff out that have, you know, um, have an ability to learn, uh, because you know, so much of what we're doing, we're doing for the first time and it, it's, it's just constantly figuring stuff out as we go. Um, and then there was, there was, an element of, we pulled a lot of people from the, out you know, from outside of the company that would challenge a lot of the, the way things have always been done for us.
0: Right. Which I imagine, which I imagine is very important. Uh, and so, so why don't you go a little bit deeper on that? Like how, how the team was able to work together to use you know what what hill city wanted to to be in that and that startup mindset within the gap setting how did you like make the both make the best of both sides of that coin because i feel like you know that's what we're seeing a lot in retail right now which is companies are innovating in a way that they are bringing on you know agile teams that are thinking about a new customer and a new a new vision for the company, but it they have the assets of uh, a retailer that has been around for a long time. So it's you know it's a better position than starting from scratch. So how did you make the most of that for Hill City, especially before the launch?
1: yeah uh you know what you're describing is like what i live on a daily basis so what we live on a daily basis and it's uh it is it's definitely a two-side coin i think you know on one side of the coin uh is is sits our competitive advantage um and you know what i mean by that is the the competitive advantage that is created by uh sitting under the gapping portfolio is is one of focus um so if we were a traditional startup. If we were working out of a garage somewhere, we would spend a lot of our time distorted to things that a customer never sees. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of which, you know, I'd, I'd consider a little less sexy. Uh, so figuring out, you know, office space and HR policy. Um, setting up a supply chain uh, distribution center, a lot of stuff that's really hard to do and would take a lot of time away from things that customer actually sees. Well, the advantage we have sitting under this portfolio of brands is uh, we don't spend too much of our time on that stuff. It's all mm-hmm. its all leveraged. Uh, things that are back end are, are, tend to be more leveraged. Uh, and we spend all of our time on the things that customer does see. So developing product uh, like obsessing over the details. Um, of you know, thinking thinking predominantly about a customer and his or her experience with our brand, we think about that from an ecom standpoint and a marketing standpoint. Um, and then the other uh, massive advantage that's created for us is is via partnerships. So I think about that like predominantly on the manufacturing side. So we are you know at hill city we're working with the best mills and the best manufacturers in the world Mm -hmm. uh when especially as it comes to performance apparel and it's like there's no way in the world we would be doing that if we were a traditional startup if we were going you know an item at a time and ordering a small number of units uh and that's where the leverage is super advantageous um you know what's what's challenging is is exactly what you expect to be challenging you know like we we sit within a portfolio of brands that are set up for brands that are more mature than hill city are you know is and that that have a totally different uh scale and a slightly different business model um so you know the idea of challenging some of the the conventional thinking um that that we've come to you know come to rely on and the idea of uh, being allowed to start fresh and think about things differently is challenging some days, but like it's really refreshing and it's really exciting way more often than it's challenging.
0: I'm sure. And and so, you know, with the, taking that into consideration, do you consider Hill City to be a direct to consumer brand? Like how does that like identity come into play? As you are still functioning within within the Gaping umbrella, uh, do you think like you can be considered a direct to consumer brand, and that is you know has that startup mentality and agility while functioning under under the the broader company?
1: Mm-hmm. I uh, I think about you know if, if I put it through a customer lens, we're a direct to consumer brand um, mm-hmm. predominantly because that's the only way you can buy Hill City uh, Hill City Apparel today. Right. Um, you know, and I I think there's a, there's a point in time where, where that could evolve. Um, you know, I think we see the importance of, you know, having multiple channels and multiple touch points, uh, and you see the advantage that that creates for customers. Um, especially as you think about, um, a product that's, you know, more premium, you think about product that's heavily reliant on like, uh, super, you know, technical and, and soft touch fabrics and things like that. Um, but today, six months in, we, you know, we're certainly a direct to consumer brand.
0: Right. It's it's kind of funny because obviously, you know, Gap um, at Athleta, these are all direct to consumer brands and that they're selling products to customers. Like there's <laughs> that like that's that's the main interaction that that happens. It's between the brand and the customer, which if you break down the, the term direct to consumer, what else could it mean? But it's now taken on. A bigger meaning i uh, when you think of a, of a dtc brands these brands that you know launched online and maybe raised funding and are really really active on facebook and instagram and, and maybe have like a community or, or a sustainability bend and so do you think that the definition of 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 direct-to-consumer in general is changing and, and where do you see hill city fitting in that
1: um i mean it's an interesting way to think about think about it i uh I, I, th- I think, uh, you know what what a lot of people consider a direct to consumer brand today is starting to shift. You know, I mean, you're you know the the, you know it's pretty clear when you look at some of the the precedent setting DTC brands and what they're doing uh, in terms of creating uh, a lot more touch points uh, for customers is starting to shift uh, with the way they're thinking about you know physical retail, albeit in maybe a slightly different way than it's been thought of in the past, uh, is starting to shift. And you know what I sort of chalk that up to is you know these are brands that are really good at putting the customer first. And if you put the customer first and you obsess about uh, what customers' needs are, you start to think about creating access to that brand differently. Mm-hmm. Um, with Hill City, the uh, the idea of launching in a digital first way, direct to consumer was was intentional. Uh, and the what I mean by that is like we we wanted to create. Um, a fast learning curve, so to speak. We want to create a path to like quick iteration to to improvement, so that when we are ready to take some like more capital intensive like bets, we're doing them in a way more informed and a way smarter way. So like the idea of figuring out exactly where a customer is and who he is and what he's responding to and how he wants to be spoken to or marketed to, uh, which products he's he's resonating with, which categories he's he's buying into, like, I think all that stuff can be learned really quickly and and a little bit more nimbly when you think about a brand that is digital first and digital only. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I think the future is clearly in in setting up the best customer experience possible. And, you know, for for most brands, that's going to mean creating more access and more touch points.
0: Right. So does that mean you could see it living, Offline or or at other uh, there's a little bit of a presence in um, athletic stores is that right?
1: Yeah, so the presence in athletic stores uh, it, it wasn't meant to be a sales channel. It's not a sales channel. Um, it was more of a, a brand awareness play. So uh-huh. you know, anecdotally, what we had heard with a lot of consistency um, was that athletic customers were saying, "Hey, I wish there were like uh, a performance lifestyle." Brand for men that did for my husband, brother, friend, son what Athleta does for me, and so you know our response to that was like let's set up a um, a little bit of a showcase in in fifty Athleta stores to sort of um, announce our our Hill City arrival. Um, so it was it was pure purely a brand awareness play. Uh, it's we we it's not a you know we really don't consider it a sales channel.
0: Mm-hmm. But in terms of growing the the distribution and uh, customer touch points for Hill City, do you, where do you see it living in the future?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the simple answer is we're still determining that. We're, we're six months old, but I, I do think there's a future where where we have a uh, where we think about our presence differently. Uh, mm. and, you know, I, I don't, th- I don't think that means that we'll, we'll really quickly, uh, think about retail, uh, you know, offline in a traditional sense, like the idea of, I think, signing a long-term lease or something like that is, is, is definitely not on the table. Right. Uh, but I, I do think, you know, one of the things we've been learning is like our customer really wants to touch, feel, try on the product, uh, as, as part of that, like shopping journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there, there are a lot of different ways that we can sort of incorporate that into a shopping journey. Uh, and we're exploring a lot of them right now. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, like we have, you know, we have a showroom here at our office. We've done some like little, uh, sort of trunk club, uh, uh, you know, things at at different athletic stores and the response in person, like is, is so viscerally strong and it's, It's it's so it's so different than I think what a response to these like really technical, um, soft, high performing fabrics is uh, when it's online only.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can like see that that path to offline start to form whatever, however it plays out. Uh, And and so who is the the target audience? I know you touched on this at the beginning, but how has that? you know, changed from what you thought it was going to be before the brand launch to what it is now six months in and what's been the best way to, to reach them in terms of marketing and, and like you said, brand awareness plays in, in stores and in the showroom. Um, you know, how do you, how would you define the, the customer and, and how you are talking to them?
1: So with the customer, I think, um, what what we don't put is some like demographic box around around our customer. I think when we think about this pre-launch to today, we we've never focused on a, a a demographic. You know, we don't we don't care how old he is or where he lives, uh, or what he looks like. Uh, our focus instead has has really exclusively been on a psychographic profile. So when we think about our customer, and, you know what we were anticipating, I think is is proving to be true uh, in terms of, He's a guy that lives a an active lifestyle, which is probably pretty obvious. Uh, but he really cares about the way he looks, the way he presents himself to the world. Um, he's willing to pay for quality. He wants to have fewer clothes that do more, that last longer, uh, that he doesn't outgrow, that uh, you know work for him. Uh, and I think for, you know uh, uh, the thing that you know we've tried to tell some of these kind of customer stories. Um, and and a lot of what what we're focused on is finding guys that are really really passionate of, about something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily matter what that thing is, um, and I I think that encapsulates uh, what we're trying to stand for as a brand uh, and the type of of customers that that will resonate with Hill City. But you know, from a customer standpoint, it really all started with us. Like like I said earlier, we hired our customer. Uh, we took a really introspective approach. Uh, and the bet we were sort of making is a lot of the friction points that we experience uh, in, the, in the shopping process and, and, and as we go across different brands uh, are not unique to us. There, We bet that there's a lot of other guys in the world that have those same problems and, and want something uh, similar to what we wished existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, th- I think that's proving to be true.
0: Yeah. And so whenever you're not Identifying a customer uh, or an ideal customer by a certain demographic, how do you find the right the right person and get the brand in front of them, especially you know in the earlier in the early
1: days? Yeah, so that's I mean that's definitely a challenge. Uh, it's an it's a relatively obvious uh, challenge. I think there's a couple of different ways we're thinking about that. The f- the first goes back to the um, the the leverage, di- you know, the le- the competitive advantage or leverage that I mentioned, where you know we we have a really uh, rich set of customers that that we can think about across the the portfolio of brands today mm-hmm. so I think the the One approach to that is like how do we introduce Jose to customers that already exist uh, across, you know Athleta banana Republic gap uh, basically give them a better portfolio of brands to choose from um, the the second approach is you know, I think what we're learning is we 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 definitely need a a more diversified approach to marketing. You know he you know if if we're going to strive to be a really customer centric uh, company we we have to show up where he or she is uh, and it's it's that there's no singular channel where where somebody lives their life um, and I think what's been interesting is what uh, we're the most excited about and. Uh, I think will prove to be a really effective form of marketing is is a lot of the stuff that we're doing that's more word of mouth focused. Um, so we have a, uh, a a 500 plus person wear tester program today. Uh, when we launched, we had 30,000 wear tester applicants, um, and I think that's a really powerful uh, marketing tool. That doesn't you know it's it's not only a marketing tool that that we're harnessing; it's it's also a feedback loop for us. Um, you know, so the, the, the idea there is we, we give out product, uh, to these different cohorts of guys that, the, that are wear testing product for us product practice either in development or, or it's already launched. Um, and what they give us in return is really robust and thorough feedback. Uh, and what's been cool is we're seeing really clear, uh, patterns in the feedback that, that we're getting, that's allowing us to iterate on design and on product development, uh, in a way that would be different than. Than maybe we would have otherwise, mm-hmm. um, and I think we're also building a really strong community uh, at the same time. You know, I think uh, it, we're creating these like more um, more personal relationships with guys, and so I think the challenge we have now is how do we magnify this program? How do we think to think about scaling it uh, so that it has a, a a way broader impact on the business?
0: Yeah. So so this comes into play. The the feedback cycle comes into play for product development, but. So, would you say the challenge is then spinning that out into a marketing tool as well, or, or how do you make the most of this group that is really engaged with the brand and clearly cares about providing, you know, feedback? And uh, like, like you said, is essentially a community. How do you how do you make the most of that?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, the, I think the simplest answer is we, you know, is something we're working on, which we're we're figuring out. Uh, how we potentially scale the program. So, you know, I imagine a future where, you know, our our wear tester group is is way bigger than the 500 plus that it is today. Um, but I think that, that what has to happen between now and that future state is we have to find a, a sustainable way to, to scale the program um, and create more of these sort of one-on-one relationships.
0: Mm-hmm. And... Like how does Gap Inc overall look at look at customer data and is Hill City the way that it's built this really focused group? Is it almost using that as a way to say, Okay, how could how could the rest of the company be influenced by by this model? Um, you know, how new is this is this concept of, of the, the feedback loop and the way our testers to the overall business?
1: I think it's a relevant question. I, I think it's still too early to to say. You know, we've been running our wear tester program uh, for for a pretty short amount of time, um, and i I don't think we, I don't think we understand exactly uh, what the evolution of it's going to look like yet. You know, I think we need more time uh, to determine if it's something that is adaptable to a uh, to a brand in a in a different growth phase to a brand with a a, a way bigger uh, Group of customers, right? Um, but I think when we think about exclusively to Hill City, it's it's really really important uh, with where we are in our growth.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What else have you observed, like in the first six months, about customer behavior? Like anything that that surprised you about the way that people interacted with the brand or the products that they were drawn to that that you know you weren't expecting to see, or or just what's the biggest takeaway so far?
1: Yeah, I think. You know the the biggest surprise uh, is you know is, is what we're seeing from like a, a site standpoint. so uh, if you if you saw our site at launch, um, we you know it was it was relatively stripped down. Uh, we We had made this assumption that guys would come to the website and they would um, they would have a sense of what they would want. they wanted they would want a really easy, kind of seamless shopping experience. They would find it and check out. And I think what we learned really quickly and uh, was that that's not that's not what they want, it's not what the Hill City customer wants. He, he wants to do a lot of research. He wants to learn. He wants to figure out uh, more about fit and fabric and quality and performance. Uh, so our role shifted when it comes to this site. Like we needed to do uh, a lot more educating on the site. We needed to create a lot more content for this site. Uh, he was spending more time there than we had anticipated, mm-hmm. and he was using it as an education, a learning tool, as opposed to just a mechanism for shopping, uh, which I think that's a really positive indicator. Um, but it required a ton of iterative work uh, to make you know, hun- you know, hundreds, if not thousands, of changes to the, the way we thought about um, our site. Yeah, uh, from like a product standpoint uh and this is where um there's a lot of institutional knowledge and data at our fingertips which is usually advantageous and we we had a sense of like what our category relationships should be we had a sense of like what our sizing relationships uh should be across all of our inventories so we got a lot of that stuff right uh and a lot of the the styles that we bet on that we uh that we personally gravitated to have been some of our best performing styles. You know, I think about like the everyday pant. It's a it's a con-based pant that has all the performance of the most technical pants in the market. Uh, it's it's sweat wicking, it's water repellent, it has like the right amount of stretch, it has a pad-pending, you know, adaptive waistband, it has like a hidden storage zipper pocket, but it looks like a pant uh, that you can wear every single day, hence the name. It's like the styles that, that kind of really... Have all of the built-in performance you would ever need, but look like the styles you want to wear on an everyday basis have tended to be some of the best stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. On the content front, realizing that that customers wanted more from the site, and, and were are doing more research there, and and that was playing a big role in the in the path to purchase. What did you then go and add, and and, and how did you make that decision?
1: Yeah, so we added things that we thought would make um, make it easier to figure out uh, what you want to buy and what Hill City as a brand was all about. Mm-hmm. So, um, w- you know, it, in a simplest form, it was it was doing more storytelling uh, around Hill City the brand. Um, it, you know, a lot of what we were calling like um, visual communication uh, as opposed to a bunch of brand communication, uh, and then we uh, we added a lot of sort of Things that we thought would make it easier to figure out the right style for you. You know, the the idea of buying a brand that you've you've never bought before, and the idea of buying a brand that you can't touch and feel in person. Um, it requires a little bit of a leap of faith for a customer. So we we wanted to uh, we want to make that. Uh, we want to instill some confidence there. Like we we want to be really clear on in the way we describe fabrics and the way we describe the performance within fabrics and why, you know, our everyday train tee is better than the train tee that you already have. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and, you know, going forward, as you think, you know, taking away the first the first six months of what you've learned about the customer and what they want to know about the brand and what the brand has to tell them, how do you see the evolution of of Hill City from a content perspective, a marketing and community perspective, where do you see even more opportunity to capitalize on this type of storytelling interest in in the brand, especially as it s- continues to live mostly online?
1: So I think it will evolve. you know I, I don't think it's doing a lot of things that are, are are totally different than what we're already doing. I think it's doing more of what we're doing faster. So if I think about it within the context of like uh, the ambassador videos that we're doing and you know, really what our ambassadors are is like they're our top tier of, uh, of our wear testers. So you think about Jeff or Ime or we just put up Ryan's video uh, earlier this month. Um, I think it's doing more of that faster and with higher frequency. Um, I think it's incorporating our wear tester program um, Into into our storytelling into our product development process uh, in a like in a in a more uh, consistent way Um, And I I I think uh, there's a lot of other things that we can do too in terms of just being a a bit of a guiding light for For guys in terms of helping them make some other decisions uh, around product and gear uh, That could be a little you know, that could be similar to what we're already doing Mm
0: -hmm great over um almost out of time but but just to wrap up uh going forward where where do you see hill city playing a role as gap inc overall you know continues to innovate um you know especially post uh, old navy where do you like how does hill city represent what what's important to a traditional retailer today as it responds to the dtc and modern retail industries
1: mm-hmm. i think uh i i think our biggest impact will be on the sustainability front. Um, if I, you know, if going back to 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 that, um, you know, about 40% of our materials today um, are, are 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 sustainable. So if they're synthetics, they're recycled. Uh, post-consumer recycled. Uh, you know, we use organic cottons. Uh, or We're using natural fibers, something like a merino wool. Uh, by the back half of this year, we we should push over 50% of our our product materials being sustainable. Uh, mm-hmm. And similar to what Athleta is doing uh, within the portfolio, I think we will we will push uh, the importance, uh, and I think we'll prove out the importance uh, from a brand and a customer standpoint of, of having a sustainable footprint.
0: All right. Well, we're just about out of time, but thank you so much, Noah. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was fun.
0: We hope you enjoyed the episode. A special thanks to Gianna Capadona, the producer of this podcast. As a thank you for listening, we're passing along a limited time introductory offer on a three-month subscription to Glossy Plus. Glossy Plus members access unlimited stories, exclusive research, and more. Join today for just $49. That's $80 off by entering the code intro at checkout at glossy.co slash subscribe. And as always, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Anchor FM and leave us any feedback you have.